0: Hello everyone, I'm Nathan, back again, and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News for the 22nd of November
1: 2023.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Black Country Talking News. Brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacons. We're pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspapers skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking dash news as a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD. Simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 880 111. We hope you enjoy this week's edition.
0: Reading for you lovely people this week, we have myself, Nathan, Angela, Ian, Christine, Helen, Mina, Simon, and of course, never forgetting the one and only Flashback Roger. In this week's edition, we have an update from Beacon, the quiz with the marvellous Mina, from Christmas lights to big screen delights, we have the latest local news for the Black Country, a special edition of our sports section, another Did You Know section from Flashback Roger, the weather for the week ahead, and now that we're into the season of cold weather and early sunset, we have another episode of our gentle exercise sessions. Local news to start though, with Ian and Christine, but first, Angela. Angela.
3: It will be beginning to look a lot like Christmas over the coming weekends as towns across the borough host festive light switch on events. Festive figures including Father Christmas, The Grinch and Elf will be putting in an appearance at some of the events and a popular black country singer even performed at one of the first switch-ons which took place last weekend. The festive fun events will feature entertainment from local choirs, singers and performers, funfair rides, street acts, pantomime performances and Christmas markets. Elf will switch on the Christmas lights in Starbridge at 5pm on Saturday November 25th with the Deputy Mayor of Dudley, Councillor Peter Lee, also in attendance. On the same day in Dudley Town Centre, the Mayor will switch the lights on at 5pm alongside Mr Grinch. The Sedgley switch-on will take place on Sunday, November 26th, with Father Christmas switching on the lights at 6.30pm. Kings Winford switch-on event will take place on Sunday, December 3rd. Councillor Andrea Goddard, the Mayor of Dudley, said... The Christmas light switch on events signify the start of the festive season for many people and my deputy and I will be attending as many of them as we can. These events help to support our town centre traders so I hope people will come along, enjoy the entertainment on offer and show their support for local businesses. Parking will be free on council car parks in Hales Owen, Briley Hill, Dudley, Stourbridge and Kings Winford all day on the days the lights are being switched on.
4: It may only be November, but the Christmas season officially commenced in Wolverhampton last Saturday too, where stars of Wolverhampton Grand Theatre's pantomime Snow White, as well as the Mayor of Wolverhampton, Councillor Dr Michael Hardacre, were joined by Father Christmas for the Switch On event taking place in Queen's Square. Further events will also be held on Wensfield High Street from 4:30 p.m. on November the 23rd, on Church Street Bilston from 4:30 on November the 24th, on Upper Green Tettenhall from 4:30 on November the 25th and Bantock House from 4:30 on November the 26th. Councillor Bupinda Gakah Wolverhampton Council's cabinet member for Visitor City said the Christmas light switch-ons are always a favorite with our residents as it signals the start of the festive period for a lot of families. These free events are the perfect way to kick-start the Christmas season so I'd encourage everyone to come along and get into the festive spirit. The festivities will continue in the city with Santa's Grotto to return to the Manda Centre from December the 2nd to December the 23rd and the Christmas Market to be set up in Dudley Street from December the 16th to December the 22nd. A Gingerbread Christmas Trail which sees youngsters explore the city using their phone to uncover gingerbread statues by scanning the QR code on each one will run until January the 7th with people invited to register for free at gingerbreadtrail.co.uk. A festive Luminate Light Trail will also be coming to West Park in the city from December the 1st with more information at luminate.live Wolverhampton.
2: This week we'll also see the opening of a cost-of-living Christmas pop-up shop in the Black Country. Wolverhampton Council's Cost of Living team is staging a three-day pop-up shop full of belt-tightening ideas to make residents' money go further this festive season. The pop-up will be in the community hub in the Lower Mall of the Manda Centre and each day will have a theme covering everything from festive food and keeping warm to managing finances and not getting sucked in by scams or illegal moneylenders. Community Chefs will be demonstrating how to make tasty treats for tasty prices. There will be a Christmas jumper and party clothes swap shop, free membership on offer for community shops, and shop smart advice on avoiding counterfeit goods and loan sharks. Wolverhampton Council leader, Councillor Stephen Simpkins, said this is a great opportunity to find dozens of ways to save this Christmas while still having a great time. We've been helping our residents throughout the year with the cost of living in a wide variety of ways. We hope this event will help people enjoy the festive season, but at not too high a cost, which could see them paying for it for months to come. He added, So pop by Wednesday to Friday and see how much you can save this festive season. On Wednesday, November 22nd, the shop's theme will be Keep Warm, Stay Safe with energy advice from Smart NRG and online tool CUPPA. CAB, Debt and General Advice, Seven Trent about water bills, support and social tariffs. West Midlands Fire Service will be offering fire prevention and winter warmth advice. Addiction Services, Safe Drinking and Gambling advice will be on hand from Recovery Near You and Aquarius, the Community Safety Team will hand out housing advice and ACCI Goodnight Project will be helping others have their own bed to sleep in this festive season. On Thursday, November 23rd, the theme is Festive Food for Less, with community chefs offering food samples, taste tests, recipes all around Christmas dinner and festive food. Health visitors will attend with free dental packs to give out, There will also be information on free school meals and holiday activities, plus Healthy Start vouchers. Free membership to community shops will also be available.
3: Up next, we hear from Helen, who, as usual, has our latest Beacon update.
5: Hi everyone, it's Helen from Beacon, back with your weekly update of everything that's been going on here at the charity. Now, first up this week, don't forget to gift aid. During November, our shops are asking if you can sign up to gift aid to make your donation worth 25% more to Beacon at no extra cost. When we sell your items in our shops, we can claim tax relief on the amount they raise. That means if we sell a pair of shoes for £10, we can claim a further £2.50 from the government. It takes just a few minutes to sign off to make your donation go further. So if you're popping into our shops with any donations, don't forget to gift aid. We'd so appreciate your support. Now, do you fancy getting into the gym? We have launched a new gym class this month. It is a circuit session with Mary and takes place in the Beacon Gym. It's suitable for all ages and abilities. So if you'd like to join the next class or take part in any of our other community activities, you can find out more on our website www.beaconvision.org or call us on 01902 Now, it's recently been Diwali, so we'd like to send our very best wishes to everyone who's been celebrating over the past week. May the Festival of Lights bring you joy, happiness and prosperity. Now, here's a quote for you. Beacon gave me the confidence to become a volunteer and then a trustee. I'm really proud to now be chair of a board. We are all committed to making sure that Beacon is the best charity in the Midlands and the first place that people think of going when they're experiencing sight loss. That's from Kathy Roper, our Chair of Trustees who lives with sight loss. Our trustees play a key role at Beacon, taking responsibility for our charity and ensuring that we meet our aims and objectives. It's recently been National Trustee Week, so we want to say thank you for all that they do to make a difference. Now, last this week, a really lovely story for you. Well done to our member, Stephen, who was the winner of our competition to design a new thank you card for our charity. We had some amazing entries, but Stephen's design of a handprint with the words, your kindness enables me to connect with others, make friends, learn new things, have fun and keep fit and healthy was a clear winner. His designs have now been made into a card and printed and will be launched shortly with the cards being sent to people and organizations who supported
3: Beacon. That's it for this week. I'll be back again soon with another update. Bye-bye. Thanks for that update, Helen. Next up, we have another block of local news.
2: Figures show that West Midlands Ambulance Service Assessors are answering 999 calls in just two seconds on average. The Trust's Emergency Operations Centres in Briley Hill and in Stafford have so far this year handled a combined total of over 1.3 million calls, including 173,000 in October, the busiest on record for hospital A&Es in England. The Service said, despite operators taking a huge volume of calls, answering times were not faltering due to the extraordinary effort of all staff. West Midlands Ambulance Services Integrated Emergency and Urgent Care and Performance Director Jeremy Brown said, a call answering time of two seconds on average is a remarkable effort and is one that doesn't go unnoticed. This has displayed once again the dedication and commitment our team puts into every single shift to deliver outstanding patient care in what has been a significantly testing time for the service. We are at the starting point of a patient's journey and need to do everything we possibly can to give the best care to our patients in their hour of need. The Trust said its call assessors, dispatch staff and clinical validation team were working tirelessly to provide around-the-clock outstanding care to patients across the region. The Trust, which serves areas including the Black Country, Staffordshire, Shropshire, also takes calls for other ambulance services as necessary to help cope with high demand. The latest figures were published ahead of the Ambulance Trust's Is the Patient Breathing Campaign that is due to be held to raise awareness of how the Emergency Operations Centres work.
4: Whilst the response times from West Midlands Ambulance Service assessors may seem remarkably good, four of the region's accident and emergency hospital trusts fail to meet waiting time targets that require patients to be seen within four hours of arrival. The NHS is aiming for 95% as standard. However, the government has set a two-year plan to stabilise services with a recovery target of 76% of patients being seen on time by March. A&Es serving Dudley, Walsall, Sandwell and parts of Staffordshire missed both targets last month. Busiest October on record. Meanwhile, the best performer in the region, Royal Wolverhampton NHS Trust, which includes New Cross Hospital, surpassed the four hour recovery target at seventy-seven per cent, but still missed the standard, with over a thousand patients waiting longer, including one hundred and forty-two who waited beyond twelve hours. Figures show that nearly three quarters of patients who arrived at Russell's Hall Hospital A and E in Dudley were seen within four hours but thousands of patients waited longer, including 173 who waited for over 12 hours. Group Chief Executive of the Royal Wolverhampton NHS Trust and Walsall Healthcare NHS Trust, Professor David Lawton, said our ambulance handover waiting times are some of the lowest regionally, thanks to the hard work of staff. In Wolverhampton we are very proud to be achieving the target of seeing 76% of patients within four hours. To continue to provide safe, urgent and emergency care in the face of increases in demand is testament to staff's dedication and commitment. We are working hard to make considerable investments at both trusts to improve and provide the best care for our patients. Professor Stephen Powis, NHS National Medical Director, said, These figures are a stark reminder of the ongoing pressures the NHS is facing, particularly in emergency care, with significant demand for ambulances and A&E as we head into what we are expecting to be another challenging winter in the health service. All the trusts were approached for comment.
3: dementia cafe twice nominated for a voluntary service award from the late queen has finally won one from her son the king's award for Al's cafe wolverhampton which supports those with dementia and their families comes as it toasts its 17th birthday i'm over the moon said group leader julie granger mbe we all just want to make a difference the king's award for voluntary service calves is the highest award given to local voluntary groups in the UK. Arles Café had been nominated twice before, when it was the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service, said Miss Granger. It's our 17th birthday on Tuesday, so probably it was meant to be this time, she said. The group is made up of 14 volunteers who put on bi-monthly social events for people living with dementia, their family and carers. They are the most wonderful group of people who deserve recognition for what they do, she added. The calves are the equivalent to an MBE and they are awarded for life. Other winners of the award in the West Midlands include Believe in me a community interest company which creates projects to engage young people about South Asian history. Road Peace West Midlands, a charity which supports people bereaved as a result of road collisions. Wolverhampton Samaritans, offering listening and support to people in times of need. Midland Freewheelers Blood bikes who support the NHS by delivering urgent medical supplies free of charge, and Wolverhampton Wrestling Club, providing wrestling and multi-sports from a faith centre to promote health and community cohesion. now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition brought to us by Mina.
6: Hello and welcome to this week's flashback quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, these are your questions. Here we go. Question one. In what year was the very first radio appeal by the BBC? Question 2. How much money did it raise back then? Question 3. How long was Terry Wogan's first appeal? Question 4. How much money did the first TV telethon raise? Question 5. In what year did Pudsey first appeal? And finally, question 6. What was the title of the first Children in Need charity song? I will be back with you later in the show with all the answers. But for now, best of luck.
3: Cheers for those questions, Mina. Mm, I'll get my mind working on them. Up now, however, is another block of local news.
4: The campaign has been launched to erect a blue plaque in recognition of world-renowned 19th century Wolverhampton-born artist John Fullwood. Fullwood's landscape paintings of the black country earned him international fame and captured his city being transformed by the Industrial Revolution. However, despite recognition from the art world, a heritage blue plaque has yet to be erected in Wolverhampton, as for years it was thought he was from Birmingham. The artist's descendants, cousins David and Paul Fullwood, want to right the historic wrong and have a blue plaque placed on Litchfield Street opposite Wolverhampton Art Gallery. David told the Express and Star, We are concerned with the lack of recognition given to Wolverhampton-born and internationally known landscape artist John Fullwood. Until we wrote his life story, John was incorrectly recognised as a Birmingham artist by galleries, auction houses and by people who appreciate his artwork. We wanted to correct the record of his origins and to credit John for capturing the treasured 19th century views of Wolverhampton and the Black Country, subsequently demolished. We intend to unveil a blue plaque to recognise his artistic work as a thank you from his fellow Wolfroonians. John was born in Wolverhampton in 1854 and lived until 1931. In the 1870s many of Wolverhampton's old buildings were starting to disappear under a wave of modernisation and John faithfully recorded them before their demolition. In 1880 his set of etchings in his book called Remnants of Old Wolverhampton and its environs became a success. Wolverhampton History Society has backed David and Paul's plan for a blue plaque and a GoFundMe raising page has been set up to get the £1,500 needed. David added, Paul and I are working hard to get public donations to install a blue plaque around springtime next year in Litchfield Street. To donate to the campaign, visit gofundme.com slash f slash blue hyphen plaque hyphen four hyphen john hyphen fullwood hyphen landscape hyphen artist.
3: From the canvas of Fullwood to the red carpet of Hollywood, where serendipity met a sliding doors moment for a mother and son from Dudley. Wheel Gone Kid is a short film starring Rita Jagpal Mohan and her nine-year-old son Reese, and tells the story of a boy from Dudley who was obsessed with video games. What Rita thought was just a bit of fun resulted in three more Wheel Gone Kid films and the trip of a lifetime for the pair who, earlier this month, were guests at the Skip Town Playhouse International Film Festival in Los Angeles. Two other short films that Rita starred in, Tuna and Ted and Twin Loops, were also screened at the festival, with Twin Loops winning the Best Producer award. One of the producers of the films, Keith Large, met Rita at the hairdressing salon she works at. When she's not acting, the 47-year-old from Dudley works as a hairdresser, and it was in her Birmingham City Centre salon, Lemuria Retreat, that her dream of acting became a reality. Keith, who knew Rita already from tutoring Reese, was walking by the salon after his flight to Glasgow got cancelled. Rita was on the phone, looking out of the window, and beckoned him inside where the pair got chatting. It was like it was meant to be, Rita said. A random chance encounter in Rita's Birmingham salon has taken the pair to Hollywood. Keith then put together the script of Wheel Gone Kid and cast Rita and Reese as the main characters was that encounter that changed Rita's life. Since Keith came into the salon and I took on these roles, I've never looked back, she said. It's a dream come true. Rita was invited onto an access panel at the film festival where she took part in a Q&A with the audience, with her son also being invited on stage. She continued, Reese was shy when he got called on stage, but he loved every bit of it. It is a massive experience for a nine-year-old and a huge achievement. I don't think he realises how much he's achieved. He's just a normal boy. He's into his karate and football, but has loved every minute of this. It's about the lovely bond between a mom and her son. That's the main thing that has attracted people, I think. It's about collecting memories. Since coming home, Reese said the experience was like a dream. She said, Coming back to the UK, it's just so crazy. It was an absolute dream. I watched so many fantastic films and met so many experienced, amazing people. We're still buzzing. I'm lost for words. We're a normal family from a normal background. It's only me and Reese at home. Everything we've got, we've worked for. Going into acting has changed my whole world. Skip Town Playhouse International Film Festival focuses on low budget, under £5 million, independent films in both short form and feature length, and works as an outlet for filmmakers from all over the world to showcase their work and be seen by distributors, producers and other industry professionals. Talking of Hollywood, here's a sequel for you. Or
2: should that be a squeakle? As a renowned guinea pig judge from Dudley, who has 80 of his own, is to feature in a major documentary about the furry friends. Jamie Eglinton from Coesley will feature in a new documentary titled The Keeper of the Pigs, taking to the big screens at showcase cinemas across the country from this week. The 36-year-old is sent all over the world judging cavy shows, cavy being the technical term for guinea pig. He has also credited them for getting him through a previous divorce. Jimmy lives with his husband, Liam, 80 guinea pigs, 30 white pigeons, 11 chickens, 5 dogs, 2 rabbits and a tortoise. In the garden jimmy built an insulated garage for his pigs measuring 16.5 feet squared and featuring central heating hot and cold water and cages made of plastic and metal to reduce the risk of infection he said he first found his love for the pigs when he was eight years old my dad used to keep birds and he would go to bird auctions all the time jimmy said they often had other animals at these auctions too One time, when he took me with him, I saw a little golden guinea pig that was to go on auction. I begged and I begged for my dad to get it. I had three pounds left of my pocket money, and he said I can bid up to three pounds, as I couldn't afford any more. If it costs more, I can't have it, he said. It went for three pound fifty. I was absolutely devastated." It was a woman sitting next to Jamie in the auction that had bought the guinea pig for 3 pound fifty. She saw how upset I was and said to my dad if he really wants it he can buy it off me for three pounds so I did. The pair went home and Jamie named his new friend Ron Weasley after the orange-haired Harry Potter character. Later on when Jamie wanted another guinea pig, he was introduced to his friend's mum, who bred them. She had a shed full of them. I was in my element, Jamie said. She told me that she shows them. I couldn't believe that there were shows for guinea pigs, which is the same reaction I get when I tell people I go to cavy shows all over Europe. The first guinea pig show that Jamie went to, was at Birmingham Cavey Club, previously in Coles Hill. Now Jamie runs the club himself, which he renamed Birmingham and Black Country Cavey Club at St Chad's in Coesley. The process of judging the pigs is similar to that of dog shows. Out of 40 different registered breeds, each breed goes up against their own. The pigs that are closest to reaching the standards of its breeds will be put forward to compete with similar breeds and so on. People enter their pets into the competition as more of a hobby, Jimmy added, and the winners are awarded a lovely florette. We don't just celebrate the best in show, but we celebrate as many as we can. The documentary follows the humorous and heartwarming adventure of director Sharon Walia and rescue center owner Shaz Kelly on their voyage from the UK to Peru, setting out to discover the forgotten history of the guinea pig. Jimmy said... I saw the documentary last Thursday at the premiere. Sharon has done an amazing job of capturing all aspects of guinea pigs, from the care of them to the potential of what they can do with you as a hobby, but also about the neglect, which is the sad part. It also touches on how culturally significant they are in other countries. Guinea pigs are eaten in Peru. For someone that loves them, this is not something that you want to hear, but it is the sad truth. It wouldn't be a real documentary if it didn't touch on all aspects. Birmingham and Black Country KV Club will be holding two shows next year at St. Chad's Church on March 3rd and October 6th. Members of the public are invited to visit between 11am and
0: 3pm.
3: Up now is another Beacon update.
0: Well, I guess it's that time of year again where you may be thinking about next year's diaries and calendars. So good news, Beacon are now taking orders for 2024 large print diaries and calendars the diaries range from pocket or a6 in size and go up to a4 there is even a jumbo diary with more pages offering even more room they have big and bold text making it easy to see the 2024 calendars are also available now the calendars are available in two orientations portrait a3 or landscape a3 which is the shorter but wider of the two. If you would like a large print diary or calendar for 2024, Beacon are now taking orders. So give us a call on 01902 880 and ask to speak to a sight loss advisor. That's 01902 880 to order yours now.
3: Up next, it's Trivia Time, brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. Take it away, Roger.
1: again everyone well as we're on the run-up to Christmas and children in need it just hit more than 33 million pounds again so far I thought I'd have a look back at its history so now then did you know that it was on Christmas Day in 1927 that saw the very first BBC radio broadcast appear for children raising more than thirteen hundred pounds and that's around 70,000 pounds in today's money It was for four children's charities in the UK. Then in 1955, the first televised appeal, the Children's Hour Christmas Appeal, was presented by Sooty and Harry Corbett. The Christmas Day appeals continued on TV and radio until 1979. In 1978, Sir Terry Wogan made his debut appearance during a five minute appeal. He made his second appearance during the following appeal in 1979, and in 1980, The modern BBC Children in Need appeal was born when the first BBC Children in Need telethon was broadcast. And devoted to raising money for charities working with children in the United Kingdom, the new format presented by Terry Wogan, Sue Lawley and Esther Ranson saw a dramatic increase in public donations. An impressive £1 million was raised on the first show, the now-famous Podsy Bear made his first appearance on BBC Children in Need in 1985 as a brown, cuddly mascot. He was created and named by BBC graphic designer Joanna Lane, who worked in the BBC's design department. She said, it was like a light bulb moment for me. We were bouncing ideas off each other, and I latched onto to this idea of a teddy bear. But in 1986, Podsy Bear got a new look. Whilst retaining the concept of a teddy bear with a bandana over one eye, all other elements were changed. The most notable change was the new bandana design, featuring white with red spots, among many more alterations making him more like that of today. And in 1997, the official BBC children in need charity single, A Perfect Day, reached number one. Lou Reed, Oh No! David Bowie, Elton John, Boyzone and Tom Jones and more big names all featured in the charity single. Children in Need has become a landmark in our telecalendar over the years and has certainly raised a lot of money to be shared out to make a difference for many. Any road up, I'm off, as I'm in need of a nice cup of tea and a couple of chocolate obnobs this week for a change. Till next week then, keep well, keep warm, ta a bit, ta
3: Now we have to hear what the weather has in store for us. Brought to us, come rain or shine, by our own sunny Mina. The weather for this week
6: ahead is forecast to continue to flip flop around with some sunny intervals, but plenty of showers too. Temperatures are also forecast to feel a little cooler than last week. UV levels are expected to remain low. The sunrise and sunset times are 7.50am for the sunrise and 4pm for the sunset. Friday 24th of November is forecast to be dry with spells of sunshine expected throughout the day. With just a gentle breeze, temperatures are expected to remain around 10 degrees but may dip in places overnight to as low as 3 degrees. Moving on and... Who'd have thought the spell of sunny weather looks set to hang around the region for the weekend? With a gentle breeze, temperatures will actually feel much the same at 10 degrees on both Saturday and Sunday, with Saturday looking like it will have the better of the spells of unbroken sunshine. Although remaining dry, if you are planning to have lots of fun at any of the weekend's Christmas lights switch on events, you may also begin to feel the chill as temperatures will once again dip at night to a low of 3 degrees in places, so please do dress accordingly. On to next week where the spell of dry weather will continue to brighten up the region. It is forecast for sunny intervals to remain in the region on Monday 27th of November and continue right through to Wednesday 29th of November. With a gentle breeze, temperatures should continue to hold up at around 10 degrees. Light rain showers are forecast to be persistent with a chance of some sharp showers setting in from Wednesday afternoon. So, There we have it, another mixed bag, but a lot more sunshine than showers for this week. As always, enjoy the weather. Cheers for that weather update, Mina. Up now, we have a special
2: edition of this week's sports feature.
3: TNF Soundings. Features from across the UK.
7: Hello, this is Tanya with an article written by Heather. The world of VI and disability sport offers the chance to show that a visual or physical problem does not hold you back in life. Paralympics GB have launched a campaign to find the next generation of elite athletes this winter, so why not join one of their Discovery Days? Is there a sport you've always wanted to try? Or, like medal-winning Paralympic skier Millie Knight, there might be more than one discipline that you want to explore. There's more about Millie's story shortly, but first, let's hear more about the Paralympics campaign to get more people involved. Paralympic athletes are undoubtedly impressive. Have you ever wondered if you have what it takes to compete at the highest level? Or dreamed of competing internationally? Or would you like to discover what sports are best suited to your abilities? Either way, you can take the first step by signing up for a Paralympics GB Come and Try Day and discover your Paralympic potential. There are two open days remaining this year aimed at visually impaired potential competitors. They will be held on Saturday the 25th of November at the London Olympic Park and on Sunday the 10th of December at Birmingham University. Further dates will be announced for early 2024, targeted at potential athletes with different types of impairment. The come and try days have been organised by Paralympics GB in collaboration with sports national governing bodies, and you'll be able to try out sports including judo, football, goalball, rowing, swimming, cycling, alpine skiing, Nordic skiing, athletics and triathlon. Each day will be attended by coaches and staff from the various sports, plus a few special guests. To sign up for one of the VI trial days, or one of next year's planned disability sessions, simply complete an online form to give a few details about yourself, and then Paralympic GB will contact you. To find the form, go to tnflink.uk 125, or lowercase, that's our shortened link, tnflink.uk 125. Now back to Millie. During the last Paralympics, skier Millie Knight, who has 5% vision, was seen in homes all over the country as an advert for Channel 4's Paralympics coverage showed her zooming down a ski slope at 70 miles per hour. After winning multiple ski medals at both the Paralympics and several world championships, Millie has recently retired from competitive skiing at the age of 24. But still wanting to be involved in sport, she has now switched to another discipline, and this autumn is due to make her debut, representing England at the visually impaired Karate World Championships. So, why not take a leaf out of Millie's book and test out several of the sports on offer at Paralympics come and try days?
3: TNF soundings.
2: Now, here come the quiz answers. And they're brought to us by Mina.
6: Hello and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Feeling confident? How will you score? Let's see. Question 1. In what year was the very first radio appeal by the BBC? Answer. It was in 1927. Question 2. How much money did it raise back then? The answer, it raised £1,300, equal to 70000 today. Question three. How long was Terry Wogan's first appeal? And the answer, it was just five minutes. Question four. How much money did the first TV telethon raise? And the answer, £1,000,000. Question five. In what year did Pudsey first appeal? And the answer, it was in 1985. And finally, question six. What was the title of the first Children in Need charity song? It was called Perfect Day. Did you get them all right? If not, not to worry, as I will be back next week to test you all once again. Bye for now.
2: ready to get moving well let's hope so because up next we have the 10 today workout i'm exhausted just listening to it
8: tnf soundings features from across the uk
9: hello everyone
3: this is 10 today a 10 minute set of exercises to do at home to help keep yourself active before we get to today's presenter, a couple of housekeeping points to note. The 10 Today project is funded by the Big Lottery and Sport England, and when you're not doing the exercises, it's important that you don't push yourself too far, and by taking part, you agree to 10 Today's terms and conditions. You can read these terms and conditions at tnflink.uk forward slash 10T, and the 10T is the digit 1, the digit 0, and the letter T. And please remember that you agree to take part at your own
9: risk. Today's exercises are brought to you by Jeff and here he is. Hello everyone and welcome to Ten Today. These are short 10-minute physical activity routines which will get you moving and stretching. They're great for your health including boosting your mood. And very importantly, they are designed to support your everyday movements. Your functional fitness, your flexibility, balance and mobility, such as when you have to reach up, turn, bend down and so on. These simple routines will help you with that. Just take them at your own pace. There are plenty of options. If an exercise feels too much, then just take it easy and have a break. All the exercises can be done either sitting down or standing up. So just do whichever feels good for you today. When lifting your arms or knees, only go as far as is comfortable. If you have any problems with your knees or hips, take care not to twist them during the movements. It can also help to pull in your tummy when you are bending your back and just breathe normally throughout these activities. We want you all to do these activities safely. You're responsible for monitoring how you're feeling throughout the sessions. If you feel any discomfort or pain, for example if you feel unwell or dizzy, or experience palpitations, then please stop and seek medical advice. Please remember you agree to take part at your own risk. If you're remaining seated, it would be ideal if you can use a hard chair, preferably one without arms such as a dining chair, so that you can sit upright with a straight back and with your feet flat on the floor. If you're standing, just step your feet hip width apart, relax your shoulders and take a good strong stance, and you might want to have a sturdy chair nearby to hold on for something for balance. We hope you enjoyed 10 today, so we're just going to start with a warm up. You're just going to quickly tap, or pat, different parts of your body. So briefly tap along each arm, one at a time, in different places. Your upper arm, your forearm, and your wrist. Do the same on both arms. Then pat the top of both legs, just quickly tapping up and down your legs, in various places towards your knees, for a few seconds. You should be nicely warmed up by now and ready to move. So we're going to start with butterfly wings. In the usual starting position, with your feet hip width apart and shoulders relaxed, lift both arms to shoulder height and bend your elbows so that one is pointing to the left and one to the right, with your hands facing each other in front of your chest. Now roll your shoulders backwards letting your arms naturally follow the movement. If you're standing, you can bend your knees slightly at the same time. If you're sitting, you can press down through your feet. Continue rolling your shoulders backwards a few times. Then stop and roll your shoulders forwards this time to move your arms. You can make wider, higher circles if you can. Just do a couple more. This is great for your shoulders and arms. Now it's time for a look back. Lean forwards and lower both arms down towards the floor, past your knees. Then swing your arms together slowly to the left, sweeping them all the way up to shoulder height if you can, or as high as possible. Raise your head and look up, following your arms with your eyes as they swing up towards your shoulders. Then lower both arms back down, past your legs, and swing them up to the right. So just keep swinging your arms slowly from left to right, going up to the left, coming back down to your legs, and then up to the right. Remembering to raise your head and look up as your arms swing up. Keep going for a few more times, a bit further forward if you can. This is another good one for your arms and shoulders as well as your balance. Next up is kick the ball. If you're standing, you can hold on to something sturdy like a chair for balance. So just raise your right leg and bring your knee up towards your body. Straighten your leg out in front of you as if you're about to kick a ball. Bend it again and return your foot to the floor. Then swap legs, lifting your left foot off the floor this time, bending your knees, and then straightening that leg out in front of you. Pull it back, and back down to the floor again. Keep going with this movement, just alternating your legs. So bend leg up, straighten out, pull back, and down again. That's good. A couple more times now. Lifting your leg a little bit higher if you can. This is a great one for your balance and core. This next one is called Look Below. Step your feet a bit further apart to take a wider stance. Then lean forward, lowering both arms together towards your feet as far as is comfortable. Push your hands downwards with your palms facing down. Then just make some small circling motions with your hands, moving them outwards in opposite directions, as if you're polishing a table with a cloth in each hand. Straighten up and then lean forwards again. Lower your arms towards your feet and repeat these small circling movements. Do this a few more times, making bigger circles if you can, and with your legs a bit wider. This is another one that's good for your balance and your core muscles. Well done! Now it's time for Rustling in the Wind. Push both arms straight up above your head and slowly move your arms and wrists just like the branches rustling in the wind. Keep your feet still and facing forward but turn your upper body to either side twisting from the hips to get more movement. Keep moving those arms and hands above your head as if they're being swayed by a breeze. Then bring your arms back down by your sides in that comfortable starting position. Now push both arms back up again and do exactly the same thing, moving those arms and hands in a nice rustling motion and turning your upper body from side to side. You can wave a bit more wildly if you want to. This is really good for your arms, shoulders, and balance. Next up is look up to the moon. Start in the usual position with your feet hip-width apart and shoulders relaxed. If you're sitting, you can move forwards in your chair slightly, so that you've got a bit more room to move. Just bend forwards, lowering your arms in front of your knees, and slowly bring both arms together to the left bringing them up around shoulder height. Then straighten your arms and put your palms forward in a pushing motion. Bring both arms back down and swing them to the right this time, past your knees again and up to shoulder height. Push from the elbows to straighten your arms. So swing the arms down, bring them back up and push. Do this a few more times on each side alternating from left to right. Try and swing your arms a bit lower and a bit higher if you can. This is great for your shoulders, arms and core, as well as your balance. That's good work. Now we go into the fight. Step your right foot forward, bending your knee as far as comfortable into a lunge. And make sure your knee isn't reaching past your toes when you look down. Then make a fist and punch your right arm straight in front of you. Pull your arm back slowly towards your body and then punch up at an angle this time. Pull the arm back again and step back. No change to the left side. Stepping your left foot forward, bending at the knee and punching straight out with that left arm. Pull it back towards your body and then punch out at an angle upwards. Pull it back again, and step back. Repeat this movement a few more times, alternating from left to right. You can punch out with a bit more power if you can, and with a bit longer lunge. This is so good for your legs and balance, as well as your shoulders. Next up is repulse the current. Start with a wider stance this time, by moving your feet a bit further apart. Point your toes out slightly, and if you're standing, bend your knees. You can also use your arms for balance if you're standing, by putting them out in front of you. This is a squat position, ready to work the inner thighs. Now just raise both heels off the floor, and lower them back down. So raising up onto the balls of the feet, and onto the toes, and then back down again repeat that up and down movement a few more times feeling that pull on the inner thighs just go a little bit higher onto your toes if you can this is great for your legs and balance well done. The next one is called knocking the sky. This is a nice simple movement just raising a single arm straight above your head with your palm facing up. So starting with the right arm push it straight up in the air keeping it as straight as possible and then bring it back down again to your side. Swap to the left arm and push that one up above your head. Keep it as straight as you can and then bring it back down again. Keep going, alternating those arms from left to right. Try and keep your arms as straight as you can and reach just a little bit higher. It's really good for your chest, arms and wrists. And the last one is kick round. If you're standing, you can hold onto a sturdy chair for balance. Start by lifting your left leg with your knee bent to a comfortable height. With your knee leading, move your leg gently outward to the left side in a circular motion, just as far as your capabilities allow, taking care with your hips. Then bring your foot back to the floor. Switch to the right leg and do exactly the same again, so you're lifting your right leg this time with a knee bent and moving your leg gently towards the right to make a small circle in the air. Repeat this a few more times on each side, alternating your legs each time. Try to lift your leg a little bit higher if it feels comfortable. This is great for your hip movement, legs and your back. That's all the exercises, well done. We're just going to finish with a quick shake to cool down. So raise both arms above your head towards the ceiling and just briefly wave your hands and arms in the air. Then lift one leg slightly from the floor if you can, shake it out in the air for a second or two, raise the other leg and shake that one out too. Or you can just shake your upper body instead. So that's the end of the session. Great work, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. Doing 10 Today just three times a week can have positive benefits for your physical health and improve your well-being, too. It's short, it's fun, and you'll simply feel better,
8: so do keep going. TNS Soundings